you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I'm James Cohen. Coming up on NFL Fantasy Live, we answer your very own Twitter questions. Plus, our very own Elliot Harrison will explain why Adrian Peterson could be in line for an absolutely monstrous fantasy day. And it's never too early for sleepers. Don't doze off because our Adam Rank stops by to hand out some of his week two sleepers. You might even find some of these guys on your waiver wire today. Molly Fabs. James, thank you. He's Michael Fabiano, and I'm Molly Karam. What's up, everybody? It is home day, so you know what that means. A little stardom cinema. Tom Brady, you starting him? Uh, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Mm, we call that a tease in this business. Marcus Elliott, what's up? Tell you what, my compadre right here is going to tell you about a spare tight end that you have to start in fantasy this weekend. Could turn out to be a giant surprise for you. Stick around. NFL Fantasy Live starts right now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose. I'm James Coe and these two uh, polka-dotted fine gentlemen behind me here. That's right. That's right. Michael Fabiano, the Hall of Famer. Elliot Harrison, the very good-looking man on the far side. Wait, Uh, I'm a Hall of Famer, but he's good-looking. Listen, you can't be both. I mean, that's not fair, is it? Yeah. Usually I just get Hall of Famer and, oh, Elliot's here on the wing. (laughs) So... I'll take that. All right, let's let's talk about our top headlines today. The news out of Cleveland today, starting running back uh, Ben Tate is going to miss a few weeks, anywhere between two to four weeks, due to a knee sprain. That, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, he could be, again, out in, from anywhere between two to four weeks. Terrence West will no doubt be a hot name on the waiver wires today. West takes on the Saints this weekend, on paper at least. 
Looks like a pretty good matchup. What are your expectations for Terrence West, fans? He's definitely a sleeper, a guy that's going to be started in a lot of fantasy leagues this week. He could be even an RB2, but he is a very good flex starter. I worry that I'll lose some goal line work to Isaiah Crowell, but... He's going to see a lot of touches in this contest. I like him a lot, James. You know, I tried to pick him up in our leagues, and all you jerks already drafted him. (laughs) You know what he did as a senior? How about 2,500 yards rushing and 41 touchdowns? I don't care. 2,500 yards is 2,500 yards. 16 carries, okay? His longest run was 29 yards. You get a 100-yard rushing day, and your longest run is 29. That means you were productive on your other runs as well. All right, uh, very quickly, Isaiah Crowell, he, he got two touchdowns in that game as well. Does he have value? Touchdown-based leagues, yes, but I don't want to start him. I'd rather go with Terrence West. I'm worried of the John Kuhn kind of parallel here. <laughs> and I will say this. I wrote a very long piece about Isaiah Crowell and Alan Hearns, and you can find that on the NFL.com fantasy site. All right, in Tampa Bay, Doug Martin's injury was described as minor by Bucks head coach Lovey Smith, so expect him to play Sunday. But after his horrendous Nine rush, nine yard game. Can you even play him versus that vaunted St. Louis front four? Uh, Fabs, I say flex option at best for me. I think St. Louis did a nice job against Adrian Peterson. I think they're going to make Josh McCown beat them. I don't like this matchup. I I agree with Elliot. He's a flex starter. And and it's funny how quickly his value has gone down. It's crazy. To up to back down mm-hmm. again. I'd pick up Bobby Rainey, though, if I had Doug Martin as insurance in uh, case he's a late inactive. We're talking about a guy that's being drafted as an RB1. Now we're talking about maybe not even playing the guy, and we're in week two. Uh, fantasy is a Injuries crazy will do that, my yes, friend. Yes, it will. Giants receiver Victor Cruz on Monday night versus Detroit only collected two catches for 24 yards. A big disappointment for fantasy managers and obviously for Cruz himself, who did have a few things to say about his performance. Take a listen. I think it's important. I think in order for us to be successful, I think there needs to be an increased number of targets in, in my direction and in, in other playmakers' directions, just like Ruben Randall as well, in my opinion. But that all comes with the continuity. That comes with getting the running game going. That comes with, you know, building what we want to build uh, as the game continues. So it's just a matter of once we find that rhythm early on, we can get into passing the ball and opening up, opening up the plays a little bit. And that was Victor Cruz on a conference call with the media, obviously unhappy with the amount of targets he got in Week 2. Cruz with a total of six targets. What do we make of this entire group of Giants receivers? Well, I want to tell you, I was really smart. I saw this coming, so I thought, you know what? I'm playing Ruben Randall instead. That worked smart out well. Smart and good looking. <laughs> How about this well. guy? <laughs> Yeah, you know what, Victor Cruz, again there. Uh, yeah. Victor Cruz is the only really fantasy-relevant wide receiver in New York, and that offense looks awful. I don't know if Eli Manning is buying into Ben McAdoo's protection offense, too. right? The protection is bad. And if you look at Cruz's numbers at home recently, well, they're bad. I mean, this guy hasn't found the end zone at home since December of 2012. Speaking of targets, he was third in that game in targets, I believe, uh, behind Jarrell Jernigan and and Larry Donnell, two guys that are not, again, as you mentioned, Fabs, not fantasy relevant. All right, let's uh, toss it over to the rest of our crew. Send it over to Molly and Marcus. Guys. James, thank you. I'm Molly Karam alongside fantasy editor Marcus Grant. And Marcus, Wednesday is a big day for most fantasy fans is when they get their waiver claims. So let's take a look at some waiver wire guys that you can still pick up. These are guys that are available in 50% or more 
of leagues. And when you look at this list here, Kelvin Benjamin, Andre Williams, Kyrie Robinson, Steve Smith. Let's get into some of these guys and uh, see whether they're worth it or not. Kelvin Benjamin, we're always concerned about rookie receivers, but uh, he proved uh, he can get it done. And really, they're just Greg Olson in that offense. Yeah, there's not a whole lot there for them to throw to. Kelvin Benjamin came out, played very well in the preseason, played very well in week one again. And he looked good, remember, with Derek Anderson throwing him the football. Cam Newton expected to be back for week two. You think that's going to do a lot for Kelvin Benjamin's fantasy value? Surprised that he's still out there in so many leagues. Go out and pick this guy up. Yeah, a lot of upside there. Moving on, Steve Smith coming into the season. We weren't sure whether Torrey Smith was going to be the number one guy. Well, that's what we assumed, and Steve Smith would be the number two. But he did not struggle 17 points. Yeah, he had a great game, punking wide receivers. I think he said in the preseason that the Ravens are going to go out and like take your spork and break it. That's what he did. He was kind of a lunchroom bully there. I still think Torrey Smith's going to be the number one target when it's all said and done. They want him to do more than run go routes. But Steve Smith has a whole lot more to offer than I think we anticipated at the start of the season. He's certainly worth stashing on your roster, maybe throwing in as a flex play, even a sneaky third wide receiver if you have that spot in your league. He clearly has a lot left in the tank there. I know that was a concern as well. Let's move to this Ravens back. Now, Bernard Pierce struggled, was benched. So what does this mean for Justin Forsett moving forward? Right now, it looks like Justin Forsett, they haven't officially decided, but he's the presumptive starter after what he did in week one. And he did that against a very good Bengals defense. Thursday night, he's taking on a Steelers defense that's not quite as stout. I look for him to get the bulk of the touches. He'll still rotate in there with Bernard Pierce, but Forsett right now is looking like the guy in that Ravens backfield. Hey, guess what? I got a good play for you. Delaney Walker. Want to hey. know why? Why? Playing the Cowboys. Hey, you know what? There might be a theme on this show if you, you pay think? attention. Anybody playing the Cowboys is looking like a good start. Delaney Walker was a guy you probably drafted as a second tight end if you draft that spot in your league. But this is the week you want to plug him in, especially with some guys that may be banged up in Jordan Reed and Jordan Cameron. Yeah, that's what Fabs gets for abusing my G-men there. <laughs> All right, let's move on now to the most dropped because it is not about us. And take a look here at the top ten most dropped players on NFL.com, Ray Rice, Jordan Reed, Bishop Sankey, Reuben Randall, Darren McFadden, and we are going to get into these guys right now. So Reuben Randall gets Arizona's defense. Pretty yeah. tough. That's is it time to say goodbye to him? I think it's time to say goodbye. One, because the matchup isn't that particularly good, but also there are just so many questions right now about that Giants passing game. I mean, you heard Victor Cruz talking about his frustrations with what went on in week one. Reuben Randall, two catches, one yard. That is ungood. And I just don't see it getting better right away. Certainly not this week. It's time to pass on Ruben Randall. Mm, it all begins with the O-line. All right, Danny Wood had 1.1 fantasy points versus the Cards. This just in, if you're new to fantasy, that's not good. This week, the Legion of Boom. Yeah, the Legion of Boom. I know that makes people very nervous, and I know that this is probably not a matchup. You're starting Danny Woodhead. Don't give up on him yet. I know it was frustrating to see what he did in week one, but this is a guy who's still going to be a big part of that Chargers offense. This is the week you put him on a bench, you stash him, and you hope for better things in the weeks to come. All right, Marcus, we know there's a lot of weapons, obviously, in that Philly high-paced offense. Riley Cooper, 2.9 fantasy points. What can we expect with him? Well, I think there's going to be better things coming for him in the future. And I think right now a lot of people are very panicky about what's happening with, with Riley Cooper. I know Alan Hearns is kind of the flavor of the month with, or the flavor of the week even with what he did in week one. But long term, I would say a guy like Cooper probably has a little bit better value just because that Eagles offense is going to be much more explosive. We could see it this week in what could be a very high-scoring game with the Indianapolis Colts. 
hang on to Riley Cooper, show a little bit of patience. If after this week he doesn't show much, then maybe you make a move. But at least for this week, give him one more chance. But remember, he is the third wide receiver there, and maybe yes. even the fourth after Probably. Darren, Darren Sproles and Zachers. I know there's a lot of guys <laughs> to feed right there, but I yeah. think you know if anybody can do it, Chip Kelly's offense can do it. All right, good stuff. Thank you. Coming up next, week one is in the books, and now we've got week two on the brain, my friends. Which of your fantasy studs can go beast mode for your team? We're looking at the most favorable week two matchups. But next, we're diving headfirst into the first game of week two, Thursday night football. Which Smith wide receiver should you start? Not sure? Our experts will tell you. Stay here. We have one of the league's most intense rivalries in the Steelers and Ravens. Check it out tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS and NFL Network. So let's kick off the conversation, gentlemen, with the tight end and the home team, Baltimore Ravens. And we start with Dennis Pitta. Fabs, we know Flacco is happy to have his guy back this season healthy. He was highly targeted last week in Baltimore's opening mm-hmm. game. Now, he doesn't have a good track record against the Pittsburgh Steelers. No touchdowns in six career games against them. And he's averaging, Elliot less than... 20 yards per game in those six career contests. But you know what? I'm still starting him because he's a top 10 tight end in fantasy. You, you have to. He gets the targets. The reason he doesn't score the touchdowns, Molly, is because a lot of times inside linebackers are the guys that cover him. Steelers have very good inside linebackers and Timmons and Shazier. I don't see him scoring. No question. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Last week, the two Smith receivers both took the field for Baltimore, with Steve having a much better game than Torrey. And Tuesday, Joe Flacco said Torrey Smith has the potential to be a 100-catch receiver this year. Let's focus on this week. Who do you start? Tory or Steve? Well, I don't think that Tory Smith. I don't share Joe Flacco's yeah. optimism. Are they playing about twenty Smith? regular season games? Yeah, maybe this year, twenty maybe? games. <laughs> but, but I will say this: I think Baltimore knows they have to run the football. Pittsburgh's susceptible against the run, so you go play action and you hit Tory Smith deep. I think Tory Smith's going to hit at least one home run. Tory Smith is the Smith in Baltimore to start. But I thought Steve Smith would actually help his value, draw coverages away. And last week, it certainly hurt him. But in nope. his last game against Pittsburgh, Torrey Smith, 93 yards and a touchdown. I don't think he's more than a three or a flex, though. Now, Steve Smith did have 17 points, clearly a lot left in the tank. Is he a flex play, Elliot? At best, I don't like Steve Smith in this game. Again, I think Torrey is the guy, and we'll check out the projections here in a minute, but I think Torrey's the guy that's going to get the touchdown. And this is not a game I see Joe Flacco throwing for three touchdowns because I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yep. Thus, all fantasy points are going to be suppressed, and I like Pitta better. All right, let's get into the backfield now. And this is where owners' ears should perk up, gentlemen, because the Ravens are going to be facing the Steelers' run defense. So take a look here at how the Browns, who played the Steelers in Week 1, did and when you look at this, look at the look undrafted at the yards per carry free average. agent Crowell, 15 points. That is big. When you look at the yards per carry, 6'8", mm-hmm. 6'3", 6'4". I'm not talking yep. about the Lakers' front line. I'm talking about <laughs> yards per carry. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, so they fared very well. So uh, for the Ravens, it looks like it could be a big day. Who do you start? Bernard Pierce was benched last week, Elliot. Justin Forsett seems to be the guy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Justin Forsett. I have to say Terrence West did kind of look like James Worthy there a little bit. But a little bit. Bernard Pierce benched last week. And I don't want to start any guy that hasn't been productive, wasn't productive last year, and was benched. So if I'm going with the guy, it's going to be Justin Forsett, and this is not me knee-jerking. It's more the eye test. He just yeah. looked better Absolutely. than Bernard Pierce, who fumbled last week. So it is Forsett, but we have to watch what happens with this Ravens backfield. All right, and here's a look right now at your projections, gentlemen. And you look pretty even on most of them. You're a little higher on Torrey Smith there, and a Fab's a little higher on Justin Forsett. You know, Molly, the camera's in my line of sight. I'm just going to say my projections <laughs> are, are better than Fab's. Oh, oh really? Without Stop even it. looking we'll at it. We'll find out on yeah. Thursday yeah. night, we'll won't out. we? I like that analysis. Yeah, yeah no I, can, I can trust I, I, it. I didn't like it. Mm. Let's move to the Steelers' side of things, though, gentlemen, shall we? And let's begin, Fabs, with Big Ben. He looked great. He did, but, boy, he does not have a good matchup. His history against the Baltimore Ravens has not been good. No bueno. Seven touchdowns, 12 turnovers in six career games in Baltimore. More touchdowns and turnovers once in six career games in Baltimore. You know what that says to me, Elliot? You're sitting him? I'm sitting Big Ben. I'm just going to agree, agree, agree. I'm looking at past history of this rivalry. And again, I think all fantasy points are going to be suppressed in this game. Okay, so you're down on Big Ben. So are you down on his number one guy, Antonio Brown? Uh, well, down, yes. Not starting, no way. I, you start <laughs> Antonio Brown, period. Done. End of sentence. That said, I don't see him scoring a touchdown this game. I think the Ravens are going to roll their coverage to his side, which should open something else up for somebody else. Hmm. Well, Antonio Brown is a guy that you can't bench, especially after what he did to Joe Hayden last week. But Marcus Sweet, no touchdowns in his career in this matchup. And clearly, Harrison either has a cold or he yeah. likes Marcus Wheaton. Yeah, Marcus Wheaton had nine points. He had a good day himself as well. All right, going into this, we weren't sure. Le'Veon Bell with Garrett Blunt, how that would work out. Well, it worked out all right for Bell. 25 Very well. Five yeah. points. He Making is the me guy. mad I passed on it. He is the guy. And Le'Veon Bell fell into the third round of some drafts that I had late in the summer. So that's a steal right now. I, I know this is a bad matchup. The Ravens' run defense is pretty good. They didn't give up much to the Bengals last week. But... Le'Veon Bell's a guy I'm not sitting. You know, Molly, just like the Steelers worked on their run blocking in the offseason, I worked on my waffling. I've been saying the whole game or the whole segment here that this game would be low on fantasy points. You start Le'Veon Bell, I think you have to, but I don't see him having a big day. Give this man a raise. All right, gentlemen, here are your Steelers fantasy projections. And uh, not looking wow. bad considering that we're, we we're down on them. We flip-flop on Antonio Brown and Marcus Wheaton, You're basically. a little bit of a positive parry here, though. I am. Le'Veon Bell's a good back. He's a versatile He's back. A good back. The ball I'm just saying he doesn't get a touchdown. I think Marcus okay. Wheaton gets the touchdown. Six so you know what six. this means, who I'm going to be circling, Bell and Wheaton. We'll That's see right. how that one turns out. The premiere of Thursday Night Football on CBS and the NFL Network kicks off this Thursday when Pittsburgh meets Baltimore in an AFC North Divisional Showdown pregame. Kicks off 6 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, continuing on CBS at 7.30. And NFL Network football starts here. Next on NFL Fantasy Live, we're looking ahead to the Week 2 schedule. Who has the best matchup? Can you rely on the Cowboys-Titans game to be a fantasy goldmine? Find out which matchups you can anticipate to blow up your fantasy team. And have you made your waiver wire pickups yet? Well, you might want to wait until you hear what sleepers Adam Rank divvies up for you. That's next. Come on back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Let's take a look at your Week 2 
NFL schedule. Everything gets kicked off Thursday night. Steelers, Ravens on paper at least should be a pretty low scoring game. CBS and NFL Network carrying that game. Saints and Browns. We get to see if Brian Hoyer's for reals against that uh, Saints defense. Should be some fantasy point scored there, I would imagine. Uh, the week capped off. Eagles and Colts. That one is going to be a high-scoring affair, both for the teams and fantasy owners out there. You know what's going to be funny is that uh, that Monday night, there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy weeks hinging on that game. Right? <laughs> on I mean, that's Bradshaw. <laughs> not on Ahmad Bradshaw. At least I hope not. All right, great matchups are important for your fantasy team, but also in our new game on NFL.com called Record Breaker. Just pick a player each week to accumulate stats, whether it's touchdown passes, rushing yards, etc., and try to beat an all-time record, maybe Peyton Manning and his 55 touchdowns. Make sure to check it out on NFL.com slash Record Breaker to see if you can break some records. Elliot, I know you're trying to break Eric Dickerson's rushing record online this year. Who might you be looking at? Well, we don't get to talk about 2A in Minnesota very often on the show because we know that all of you start Adrian Peterson every week. Absolutely. Irrespective of his matchup, and I get that. But this week, Adrian Peterson truly has a special matchup. The New England Patriots were absolutely terrible last week against the Dolphins, and Peterson not relied on as much in St. Louis, but you know that St. Louis front is pretty good, guys. I think Adrian Peterson could have a monster day, and I want to show you some numbers here regarding that aforementioned New England run defense. No Sean Marino. And Lamar Miller did a heck of a job in that game. You see their fantasy points right there. Both of them averaged over five yards per rush. And what you don't see here is what New England did last year against the run, 30th in the NFL. That's why I think Adrian Peterson has a chance to be the top running back in fantasy this week. I'm calling it 146 yards and a touchdown. 146 (laughs) on the ground. Now, whether he catches two or three balls, that's one thing. But 146 and a touch. I like it. I'll take it. Marcus Grant, I, I know there's going to be a common theme on this show. Pick against be. Dallas, please. Yes. That's, it, look, if there's one thing you don't learn from this season. It, Why? You know, seriously, pick against the Dallas Cowboys. I yeah. mean, it's <laughs> fantasy gold. And this yes. week, Jake Locker, he's playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Go get him. Hey, look, if you have a quarterback who's maybe banged up, maybe a guy with a bad matchup, Phillip Rivers against the Seahawks, I know scares a lot of people. Jake Locker against the Cowboys might make you feel a little bit better. I mean, he looked very good against the Chiefs last week. And this is a guy who historically in his career, when he's on the field, has been very productive. The problem, of course, has been him staying healthy. He's healthy this week. He's going up against the defense that struggled. We saw what Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers did to the Cowboys last week. If you're worried about your quarterback spot in week two, Jake Locker, I think, is a good place to go. Right when Marcus was saying staying healthy, you saw him tiptoe out of bounds as if the coaches have gotten in his ear about that. Yeah, there you go. Fabs, Atlanta gave up 120 rushing yards to New Orleans running backs last Sunday, meaning Gio Bernard should be in line for a pretty good game, yes? You guys know I love me some Gio Bernard. Had a decent game last week, didn't get into the end zone, but led the Bengals in touches. Jeremy Hill could see more this week, but... Geo is the guy, and I love this matchup against Atlanta. They gave up three rushing touchdowns to the Saints in week one. 100-plus rushing yards allowed in 14 straight games. Start Geo, my friends, because he is going to have a gangbusters afternoon. I like it. Marcus, how about this guy, Larry Donnell? Some dude named Larry Donnell. A dream matchup against Arizona, but can you trust the player? Well, I think that's that's the big question. I think this is the week, if you're going to trust him, this is probably the week to do it. They're going up against the Cardinals, who for the last few years have been really bad against tight ends. And as awful as Eli Manning looked in week one, the few times he looked good were on the throws over the middle to Larry Donnell. So last week, 
He had the 56 yards and the touchdown. I think you're looking maybe about those numbers again this week. Tight end position is always risky with guys like Jordan Cameron and Jordan Reed potentially out. This is a, way, a place to go, maybe. Didn't Zeke Moat wear 84? He did. <laughs> he did. He did. We made a Zeke Moat reference on this show. I like it. That's Speaking right. of the Cardinals, Elliot, you like their defense this week. Yeah, and I don't want to poo-poo Marcus's pick because Antonio Gates was running free, and Antonio Gates at this point probably runs a 5-3-40. But that said, the Cardinals defense Easy, otherwise, otherwise very, very good. Eli Manning is not getting protection. He's not throwing the football well. And the Giants offense of line as a unit isn't performing well. That's why I like the Cardinals defense, which has some availability on NFL.com. Take a look, Cardinals defense, and if they're sitting there and you've got them on your bench and one of those people that keeps two defenses like me, I know. Why do you do that, I'm gonna I like it. Because I find it. it enjoyable, and fantasy is about enjoyment. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying Fair it. Enough. All right, coming up, we're talking more defenses. Did your D not show up to play in week one? We're delivering some of our spot start defenses for week two, unless you're rostering four defenses like Elliot. And it's Wednesday meaning it's Michael Fabiano's day to tell you who to start and who to sit. Tom Brady, Jay Cutler on the list. But where are they on the list? Where do they land on stardom and sit them? That's coming up. We've got much more on NFL Fantasy Live, including our version of Fantasy Hump Day. Which players will be getting over their week one humps? My humps, my humps. Can Zach Stacy make the list Wednesday? Also means it's time for Michael Fabiano's stardom sit-em column. There's some big-name wide receivers you may have to be weary of for week two. He's breaking that all down next. And Adam Rank stops by to deliver his 11 sleepers because what would a fantasy show be without sleepers? Don't you dare even think about sleeping on these sleepers. You guys see what I did there? I tried. <laughs> Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Molly Karam alongside Marcus Grant and Elliot Harrison. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. And we're going to take you guys through some of the questions you asked us on Fantasy Genius. And if you want your question answered on the show, we love to hear from you guys. Make sure to submit them at NFL.com slash genius. It's time now for In the Moment, presented by the Lincoln Motor Company. So let me tell you how this works real quick. We're going to put two minutes on the clock. It's pretty much like our version of the two-minute drill. You guys know the deal. We're going to rip through as many questions as we can. And you all know I run a tight ship. I'm ready. Ready? Of course. Yes. Let's, Let's do this. Put your game face on, would you? And we begin with better start, Emmanuel or T.Y.? Emmanuel Sanders or T.Y. Hillman? I'm going Emmanuel Sanders. I think the Colts-Eagles could be a track meet, Marcus, but I think the Colts' best chance to win is start establishing a running game, which is not good for T.Y. I'm going with Emmanuel Sanders as well. I was surprised by how many targets he got last week, and I think he's a little higher on the Broncos' pecking order than Hilton is on the Colts' pecking order. Better better matchup as well. Better pickup, Carlos Hyde or Terrence West, Marcus? I'm going Terrence West, and I like Carlos Hyde a lot, but Terrence West, I think, is really going to – he was close to being the man at Mm -hmm. the start of the season anyway. Now with Ben Tate out for a couple of weeks, he moves up. I'm not sleeping on Frank Gore. So I'm going Terrence West because of Frank Gore more than anything else. Hmm, makes me feel good. I'm an owner. All right, better start Zach Stacy or Toby Gerhardt, Elliot. I will take Zach Stacy all the way. I am not a Toby Gerhardt believer. No. Nope. After last week, okay. I'm going Toby Gerhardt on this one. No I way. Think, I think Stacy Field has a rough match. You'll ruin this week. the day. <laughs> Better start Riley Cooper or Kelvin Benjamin. We saw what the rookie could do. Oh, Kelvin Benjamin is, yeah. looks fantastic. I'm going Come with him Come on, you way. can throw it to him in coverage. Kelvin Benjamin, you bet. No question. Better pick up Jeremy Macklin or Fred Jackson. This one's tough. It is tough. Go Freddie Jackson. Yeah, I'm going after yeah. Jackson this one. You get rushing and receiving yards. I like a running back better than a receiver. That is close. Let's move to the tight end position. More points. Is it Gronk or Vernon Davis? I'm going Gronk in this one. I like Davis. Thank Had you. a good week last week, but I like Gronk a little bit. I like the matchup for both guys. I'm going with Gronk because 
a slightly better player. Mm, Growing up Bronx. Better start Reggie Bush or Chris Johnson? I'm going Chris Johnson, believe it or not. Against that Carolina front, I do not trust Reggie Bush. Yeah, I, you know, I like Reggie, but I'm going Chris Johnson here. I think he's... Uh, We're agreeing way right. too much. I know. I, I Who are you? <laughs> I like when you agree. It makes us feel yes. better. So it's more confirmation. Yeah. Better start Colin Kaepernick or Andrew Luck? Ooh. I'm going Andrew Luck because I yeah. think that's going to be just a, a track meet against the Eagles. Son of a gun, I am too. I think Reggie Wayne has a nice game. Oh, we can now start these guys with confidence. All right, better start Mark Ingram or Chris Ivory. Both had ridiculous week ones. Is neither an option? <laughs> I know. Why are you down on I these guys? The fantasy. Matchup? Guys score touchdowns. We think they're big point producers. I don't like either guy. I will take Mark Ingram by default. I will go Chris Ivory. I think he uh, he's the goal line guy. I think he gets a, a couple touchdowns. You are not believing the hype. Do you get points for I'm premature celebrations? It. He almost got tackled he almost did. for he, doing that. He really did. Yeah. Let's not talk about premature celebrations. All right, that was In the Moment presented by the Lincoln Motor Company. For more, let's send it over to James and Fabs. All right, thank you so much, Molly. You guys are in agreement way too much. I was uncomfortable by how much they were in agreement. All right, I'm sitting next to the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. It's week two. It means it's time for Start and Sit, his famous Start and Sit him column. Make sure to check it out at NFL.com slash Start Sit for Fabs' take on all of his starts and sits, including some kickers and defense yeah. and some sleepers as well. Of course. Kickers I are people, it. too. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of your start and sit wide receivers. A lot of big names on this one. And I love the sit em side. Keenan Allen, a sit. Well, Seattle's defense, I don't know if you've uh, seen them play. <laughs> they're pretty good. <laughs> as Larry David would say, they're pretty, pretty, pretty good. But let's start with the starts, why don't we? And yes. Randall Cobb at the top of that list. Last week against Seattle, had 11.8 fantasy points, had that touchdown late. And I think the Packers are going to just absolutely destroy the Jets' pass defense. You know, D D Milner's banged up. He's got the ankle. And they were good last week against the Raiders, but it was against a rookie quarterback, not Aaron Rodgers, not at Lambeau Field. Start your Packers, including, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb, who's going to put up a big number. Another wide receiver I like this week, James, Emmanuel Sanders. You just heard the guys talk about him. Last week, six catches, 77 yards, uh, not too bad in the standard league, but the Chiefs have allowed 17 receiving touchdowns in their last seven games. That's the most in the National Football League. And that Chiefs secondary is no bueno, my friend. I love Emmanuel Sanders. Start him with confidence. One player that you don't want to start this week, Victor Cruz. Ooh. And Victor Cruz used to be an elite fantasy ride receiver, but not anymore. Two receptions last week. He hasn't had a touchdown in 11 straight games. And if you look at his numbers at home, they have not been very good. So Victor Cruz, now a sit -em. And oh, by the way, Eli Manning. He does not look good. I don't know no. what's going on with Eli and that offense, but it's looking very pedestrian. By the way, Eli Manning only had more fantasy points than the two St. Louis Rams quarterbacks. <laughs> That's it. That's not good. That is not That's it. Not We're talking good. about, again, a guy who's a two-time Super Bowl winning champion. But he's not winning Super Bowls in fantasy football. Stuff. Okay, let's look at some of your start and sit running backs. Uh, and again, uh, on the board here. Giovanni Bernard, start him. Reggie Bush, sit him. Got some big names on that sit board as well. I do because it's all about the matchups here. And mm -hmm. Reggie Bush is a guy that I'll talk about in a second, but I don't like that matchup against the Carolina Panthers at all. Let's start off 
with a stardom. Let's have a positive yes, aspect please. to this. And Alfred Morris. And I really like this matchup for Alfred Morris. Last week, 91 rushing yards. Not bad, not great. But he has three rushing touchdowns in four career home games against the AFC. And the Jaguars gave up 140-plus rushing yards in five of their last six games against the NFC. So guess what that means, James? Stardom? Stardom! See? <laughs> You're an intelligent guy. Stardom. Another guy that I like this week, Sean Marino, who has come out of nowhere again to become fantasy relevant last year. Wasn't, no he drafted him. Wasn't he dealing with a knee issue? I know, and he was fat. I don't know, but you know what was fat? His stat line last right. week against the New England Patriots. He's got a good matchup this week against the Bills. They allowed 130-plus rushing yards in six of their last eight games. Sean Marino's the guy that no one believes in in the preseason, and then he comes in and balls out. Start him as a flex play this week against Buffalo. And finally, Reggie Bush, I told you I was going to talk about him. That's what we call a tease. Yes, sir. He does not play well against the Carolina Panthers. One total touchdown in seven career games against Carolina. 70 scrimmage yards or fewer in four career road games against the Panthers. That means Reggie Bush, based on that trend, is a guy that you want to sit at the very most, he's a flex in a PPR. And oh, by the way, Carolina has a fabulous defense. That's a that tough defense matchup. is pretty good, especially against the run. All right, let's talk about some of your start and sit quarterbacks, shall we? Some of the signal callers on this list. Uh, you know your stardoms. Tom Brady. Yeah, ten points in week one mm-hmm. in, a, in a standard fantasy format. Mm-hmm. But you like him this week. I do, and we're going to talk about him in a second. Andy Dalton's another great play. Guys to sit. You see. Jay Cutler, Phillip Rivers on that board. I tell you what, you don't like San Diego versus Seattle. I don't. Let's go back to Tom Brady, though. Now, yes, he was bad last week. Yes. And yes, last season he wasn't that good. But listen to this stat, okay? Hit me. 35 touchdowns, 10 turnovers in his last 13 games on the road against the NFC. Whoa. How about that for a stat? 300-plus passing yards in 10 of his last 13 games on the road against the NFC. You know who he's playing this week? Uh, The NFC? And the Minnesota Vikings, and it's on the road, so I am starting Tom Brady. Okay. A player that I'm sitting is Jay Cutler. Yes, he had a good game last week against the Buffalo this Bills. This surprises but me, But now he's in San Francisco. Okay. And Cutler does not fare well against the Niners. One touchdown, six interceptions in two career games against the 49ers. And if you look at his numbers on the road, not good. 300-plus passing yards once. Once in his last 26 road games. Jay Cutler, put him on your bench Heading into week two. A bold Finally, RG3. You knew this was coming. Yeah, of course. And this has less to do with the matchup and more about they just look awful. And the Jaguars' front seven is pretty good. They get after the quarterback. And what did the offensive line for the Redskins do last week? They folded like a house of cards. It was like a bunch of turnstiles <laughs> out there. So RG3 could be running for his life like he a was against of JJ Watt. I just can't. I, I just can't trust Robert Griffin III right now. I hope he has a good game. Sure. I liked RG3 coming into the season, but boy, he is a really rough guy to trust right now. So does that mean that all the uh, wide receivers there, Pierre Garcon, no, Deshaun Jackson? No, not necessarily. Jackson. I still like Pierre Garcon. Jackson's more of a three. Remember, a quarterback mm-hmm. can have a bad game, sure, but his wide receivers can, can still, still have put pretty up good decent games. numbers. Yeah, exactly. no doubt. It happens all the time. Look at all the Browns quarterbacks last year. <laughs> Josh Gordon was pretty good, right? Very good point. All right, we're uh, not going to get into the tight ends this week, fans, because you know why? We're going to save that because for Because I have them on my column. Check it out, NFL.com slash start sit. And still to come, guys, you know what day it is. Today hump would day. be hump day. And it's on Fantasy Hump Day. We look at fantasy players who had a bad week one, but will they get over the hump? We'll take a look. Hump day.
Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live in today's Wednesday. So you know what that means. It's hump day. Well, way to sell it, guys. Before we get into what that means for fantasy, let's take a look at the biggest fantasy disappointments for week one. And when you look at this board, guys, first of all, a ton of big names on there. Jason Witten, Doug Martin, Larry Fitz. We'll get into all of these guys. Not only are we seeing one, two, three fantasy points, look how many people started them. So if you, if you, got, you, know, you got hurt by that, don't feel bad. Yeah. You weren't alone. Exactly. Misery <laughs> loves company, and we are all in this together. So we need to uh, settle this situation for you and tell you which of these players will get over the hump in week one. And, Fabs, let's begin with Jamal Charles. Three points. Dismal. Listen, Is I, that going to change I, this week? You can't do any worse, can he? I guess no. if he has two. <laughs> no. But the fact of the matter here is that he didn't see any touches in that game. He had 11 yeah. touches. Andy Reid, this is your best player. What are you doing, man? Fantasy owners are freaking out about Jamal Charles. I, I really think there's nowhere to go but up here. I do have questions about the offensive line. And remember, I said this in the preseason, Jamal Charles was not going to do, again, what he did last mm-hmm. year. That was a magical season. He's still going to be awesome, but you have to expect his numbers to drop at least a little bit. Let's hope he bounce back against the Denver Broncos. I think we'll see some more touches this I week. I hope so. Moving on, Larry Fitzgerald, the legend, five points, Marcus. But this week he gets the New York football Giants at home. Yeah, and I think that Larry Fitzgerald was going to see more targets regardless of whether or not Larry Fitzgerald Sr. gave his opinion <laughs> on what the Cardinals' passing attack was like. Michael Floyd is still going to be the number one target in this passing scheme before the year is all said and done. But the Cardinals will not be able to prosper on offense without getting Larry Fitzgerald more involved. Not to mention the fact that you look at what that Giants secondary did last week. Prince of Mukamara had a good day, but everybody else was pretty awful. Mukamara can't be everywhere. Larry Fitzgerald will see the ball more this week. Yeah, awful is an understatement. Deshaun Jackson, of course, now with the Redskins. The whole NFC is just struggling yes. uh, b- besides Philly. So uh, with RG3 at the helm, him struggling, do we see this turning around? Well, I wasn't a big fan of Deshaun Jackson going into mm-hmm. that move to Washington because now you've got a lot of mouths to feed. He's not in Chip Kelly's offense anymore. He He actually had a pretty decent PPR day, but if you're in a standard league, 5.3 points, that leaves a lot to be desired. Now, uh, he's got a good matchup coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I still don't see Deshaun Jackson as more than a three from a fantasy perspective. Last year, he was a one based on his points, but I just don't see that happening in D.C. Another guy in the five-point club, Marcus, that would be one Zach Stacy. And this week, he gets that Tampa Bay defense. I am actually not very optimistic about Zach Stacy this week because he's playing that Tampa Bay defense and because the Rams offense is completely a mess. We found out early that they're not really that confident in Sean Hill. I don't know that Austin Davis is really going to scare a whole lot of people at the quarterback position. There's just not a lot of answers here. So I expect Zach Stacy to see the box stacked against him a lot. The Rams may rotate, rotate running backs through there. I'm not optimistic that Zach Stacy has a big breakout week in week two. Fabs, I don't know about you, but I didn't hear Colin Kaepernick to Michael Crabtree very much. I didn't either, and I love the matchup against the Cowboys, but he was held in check, only 25 yards receiving. But I think that's going to change, Molly. But it was he against has, the Cowboys he has this a week great, the Bears. <laughs> he's got a great rapport with Colin Kaepernick. He's got a good matchup coming up against Chicago. So things will turn around for Michael Crabtree. I still say he's a guy who can get you 1,000 yards and around eight touchdowns. It, it's only one game, so we don't want to panic mm-hmm. just yet. I know, but it was the Cowboys. Just saying. <laughs> But I defer to you. Just, You're the expert. You're the Hall of Famer. I, you know, I defer to you. I, yeah. just, just playing devil's advocate I was hoping here. it was going to be that way, too. I had him as a start against the Cowboys, and it didn't pan out. The rest of the Niners were pretty good. Though. Clearly, you are not the only one. Thank you guys so much. All right, let's send it over to Adam Rank for some Week 2 sleepers. Adam. 
Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here. Every week, I provide 11 sleepers who can help you win your fantasy matchup. It's a little column I like to call Ranks 11. You can check that out now at NFL.com. But right now, what do you say to me giving you three right off the bat? Well, too bad because I'm going to do it. We start with the running back position and no Sean Moreno. Now, don't give me the business. I realize I'm playing fast and loose with the term sleeper when talking about Moreno. But you know whose fault that is? Yours. I've been inundated with questions on social media about Moreno. Hey, Ray, can we trust Moreno now? Oh, I'm sorry. You mean the guy who has done nothing other than kill it every time he gets the opportunity to play? That guy? Yes, you can trust him. It was just a matter of time before he moved past Lamar Miller. So let me answer your question right now. Play Moreno going forward. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. And if you're one of those folks who has Phillip Rivers going against the Seahawks, I have your lifeline. That lifeline is Jake Locker. Don't look at me like that. Just take it. Take it. Yes, Locker hasn't been the most consistent player in NFL history, but he's been pretty good over his last number of starts, and he's especially good at home. We're not looking at Locker as a long-term fix, but he's got a pretty good matchup against the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. So if you want to go with P. Riv against the Hawks, be my guest. I'm going with Locker. And finally, we will conclude today's proceedings with Zach Ertz. Again, not a guy who truly fits the definition of a sleeper like Dwayne Allen, perhaps, but this is another teaching moment for me because a lot of you keep asking about him. Look, his performance against the Jags was not a fluke. He has the ability to get deep, and he's been known to make big plays during his brief career. He's somebody you got to play every week. Now, if you got Jimmy Graham, you got JT starting over him, fine. Then you deal Zach Ertz the way, but until that time, you keep playing him. All right, you guys want one more? How about eight more? You can check out my full list of Week 2 sleepers right now at NFL.com slash Ranks11. All right, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. See you when I see you. Ranksy on the flip side, my man. Coming up, did you send us your fantasy questions? Well, you've got our experts' attention. They're all yours when we return. This is NFL Fantasy Live. to give back to the fans with some fantasy feedback. But before we do so, here's a chance for you, the fans, to give back to us. This tweet, is cool. Yes, tweet us your favorite fantasy team name at NFL Fantasy. We're going to be compiling a list and voting on the best names this Friday, but uh, it really isn't all about our teams. Are you sure? Yes. Really? It isn't. It isn't. Sometimes <laughs> it is. So we are going to get to some of your fan questions here, and we begin with this first one from Mitchell Fairchild. He asked, should I drop Bishop Sankey, who is so highly touted coming into the season? Guys, we're What's that Guns N' Roses song? Uh, Sweet Child of Mine? No. <laughs> You're crazy. No. You're dating no. yourself. Our audience Patience. doesn't know. Uh, Patience. Patience. Have for the Patience. Sure. With Bishop Sankey. Keep him on your roster. I like the upside. Long term. I definitely think he's going to be more productive than Sean Green by the end of the year. Yeah. Pant sent us this tweet. Dalton or Locker this week? Marcus? You know what? I know we've been talking about going against the Cowboys, but I like Andy Dalton. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I think he throws the ball around the yard a lot. Talent trumps the matchup? Absolutely. All yeah. right. This next one here from Brent Johnson, a.k.a. the Jersey King. Okay, I'm Tri-State area. I can appreciate that. He wants to know, <laughs> claim Justin Forsett or Ahmad Bradshaw, Elliot? Oh, boy. Cookies and cream. I'd go Justin Forsett <laughs> right now because Ahmad Bradshaw has always been an injury concern. It's always been the foot or an ankle or something with him. I'd go Forsett. I don't know. Everybody's one hit away from being injured in this league. I kind of like Ahmad Bradshaw. He looked really good. Uh, Better offense, I would have to say. Yeah. W Mike 414 at NFL Fantasy. Should I start Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan mm. in week two? How do you have Rod- both guys? Ryan, how about well, Matt Ryan? You can absolutely have 
Rodgers is the man. He is going to dominate, destroy the Jets this weekend at Lambeau Field. I have a hard time ever benching Aaron Rodgers, period, for anybody. Matt Ryan, of course, was the top-scoring fantasy I understand. Quarterback. I had him. On my bench. <laughs> all right, let's switch gears to some fantasy. I thought it wasn't about all. Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in, James. Mention that again, look. please. These are the top defenses from week one. Minnesota and Houston, obviously, near the top. those Jags. Yeah, no doubt about right? it. Underrated defense right there. And you've heard it a million times. You, you don't draft defenses early. You, you go with the old spot start technique. Elliot, you mentioned the Cardinals versus the Giants earlier in the show, but what other defensive matchup do you like? Well, call it low-hanging fruit, but I like the Tampa Bay Bucks guys. I mean, I don't care who the Rams start at quarterback. Actually, I do. Austin Davis right now looks to be the starter. Go ahead. You want to Wikipedia him? Maybe go to... Uh, I don't even think he's on Wikipedia. <laughs> Austin Davis is the Rams starting quarterback. And, hey, that run game hasn't particularly looked great either. I like Tampa's defense to get some turnovers in this game and score some fantasy points. Uh, Michael Fabiano, how yes, about sir. that Texans defense? They how looked fabulous it? against the Redskins. Do you like them against them? They looked very good, and now they go to Oakland where they have a great matchup against a rookie quarterback in Derek Carr. I know he looked good in week one, but not that good, and it was the Jets. This is a defense that's going to be missing Jadavian Clowney, but guess what? I don't care. This is a top-five fantasy defense this week, and you can pick them up on the waiver wire. Marcus, how about this Saints defense against the Browns? I know Brian Hoyer looked great in the second half in that comeback. You know what? Second half. Do it again. I want you to do it again. And I don't think he's going to do it again. I think the Saints are going to come out. I think they're going to get pressure on him. I think they're going to really shut down that passing game, force them to try to win with the running game with Terrence West. I don't see it happening. I like the Saints a lot this week. How about the Jags defense versus Washington? This has been a sneaky pick for me all week because the Jags, again, I, to be honest with you, I couldn't name four guys on the Jags defense. I know Elliot Harrison probably could. Yeah. But, but Just I, Elliot. <laughs> Just, let's now. make that clear. Just now. Elliot. And now. Come on. But I will say this, though. Uh, you know, they're, they're taking on a team who has looked absolutely terrible on offense in the Washington Redskins. Yes. I like them as a sneaky sleeper defense this week, and I know they're probably going to be available in, in, in a lot of leagues. There's a lot to like about and the they Jags. they have an underrated Front seven, Gus Bradley's the head coach. He's a defensive guy. He was the coordinator in Seattle for those great defenses. I like this pickup. The Jaguars are underrated, and the Redskins are just struggling right now. Marcus, what do you think? No, I like that definitely a whole lot. I mean, we've talked about how Robert Griffin III has struggled a whole lot. For whatever reason, Alfred Morris just couldn't really get going last week. I think you're right. If you're worried about your defenses this week, I think the Jaguars are not a, a nice a point for you. Wait a minute. What about the Redskins in the same game? They're at home. They're going against Chad Henney. No? No uh, love for the Redskins yeah, defense? not so much. No? I don't well, think okay. so. But the Redskins defense isn't really performed very well. Uh, not not just this year, but last year as well. A lot of question marks. I'm just challenging you. Now you always do that to me. points last week against the Amish Rifle. Well, let's stay with the Jags, and I'm happy the tide is turning there. But let's go to Toby Gerhardt. We just got this tweet in. Will he be productive this season, Marcus? I think this season he will be, but he's, he's, he's a second running back for you. Maybe a flex guy depending on the matchup. I mean, what I like about him is that he'll be a volume guy. He'll see plenty of touches because who's the number two? Denard Robinson? It's not happening. I mean, Shoelace. Gerhardt's going to see a ball a <laughs> Maybe lot he can play quarterback. <laughs> Uh, in terms of Toby Gerhardt, you, you got to like him mostly because he came on our show, didn't interview He's an yet, FOP. He He's a friend of the and program. And by the way, exactly. he called out the sleeper, Alan Hearns, in that That's segment. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he called did. him out. Yeah, but he also said Stanford was going to beat USC. So, Inside the five-yard line, I don't see them taking him off the field so he could get those goal line carries. They have to get you. inside the five-yard line first. True. <laughs> All right, for the rest of the crew, that's it for us. And 
Make sure to join us tomorrow for a total breakdown of the first Thursday night football game of the season, 4 p.m. Eastern on NFL Now and at 5 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. We will see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.